0: It's still early here in 2021 and a lot of folks in oil and gas are hoping for something better than last year. Today we take a break from the actual technology and talk about finding jobs in the new landscape.
1: An industry under pressure, innovation in its finest hour. This is the Oil & Gas Technology Podcast, where sharp minds reveal the brilliance and sheer determination turning great ideas into new realities. Hear about how it happens in real life with your host, Michael O'Sullivan. The views of the host are expressly his own and should not be construed as the views of any other corporation, consortium, governing body, or interplanetary federation. Hey
0: everybody, welcome back to another glamorous episode of the Oil & Gas Tech Podcast. We are sitting here today in the fabulous canon on the west side of Houston, once again, where there are people here working and there's real humans walking around. And if you need a place to work, this is a good place to come because you can do that here. Also, I got a great guest today, somebody who I've known for a long time. Before I get to that, a couple of the usual introductory comments. One is I want to remind everybody, please go out there to your podcast platform and leave us a review. Reviews really help. You know, Good reviews, bad reviews, we take all kinds. It just helps us understand whether you like what we're doing and and what we should be doing differently. So if you don't like it, leave a bad review and tell us what we ought to be doing differently. Also, a quick shout out to our sponsor, Cognite. I'll say a little bit more about them at the end, but we really appreciate them being here with the financial support. And that kind of gets us around to today's topic. We're going to do something a little bit different today. So usually we talk about all the parts and pieces of the coolest technology that are out there shaping the industry today. Let's talk about the jobs that are behind the technology. And I think that's something that's on a lot of people's mind who are in oil and gas, in tech jobs how is that landscaping starting to shape up and what does it look like right now and what is it going to look like in the future so to talk about that i have today the very distinguished mr (laughs) sean coker (laughs) who i've who i've known for a long time and you've got a company called 45 consulting group. And I know you've been in the talent business for a long time here in Houston, but because of that, you've been in the oil and gas sector and a lot of tech jobs in oil and gas. So has been your focus. So anyway, thank you for coming in to to the canon today and a little bit about who you are. Sure.
2: Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And first of all, thank you for inviting me or maybe... Myself inviting myself yeah, on. But uh, however you know. it worked out, I, there's <laughs> drinking involved. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> but yeah, no, I appreciate it. Looking forward to the conversation today. So I've been in, you know, just uh, my personal background, I've been in recruiting, you know, one some form or fashion for... I guess close to 25 years, you know, early on, I was with an executive retained search firm. And you know, then I, I, I took the big leap into IT, which I learned by the proverbial fire hose and went to work for an upstream oil and gas application development consulting firm. And I ultimately was responsible for talent acquisition and sales and all that good stuff there. And then about four and a half years ago, we launched 45 Group, where we are offering direct hire recruiting services, staff augmentation and consulting, and RPO, recruitment process outsourcing. And we are dedicated you know, primarily to the oil and gas industry. We're doing a ton of work in IT, as you can likely imagine, given uh, sure, yeah. uh, the things that we've worked on together in the past. But we tend to stay in the executive suite, C-level, certainly sales professionals, sales leadership, and then kind of anything that deals with IT in particular. Right, right,
0: right, right. Got it. Good. Thanks. So the reason why I thought this would be interesting, <laughs> the reason why, why you told me this would be interesting to talk about <laughs> today is, no, but so in my view, why this becomes relevant on a tech show is, first of all, the industry is under pressure. If you listen to the little intro on the show, it says, the very nice lady from Australia says, an industry under pressure. So we know that. We also know that the industry is in transition in various ways that we talk about all the time. A lot of these changes are being brought about, you know, by the new technology that's being brought to bear, especially the digital stuff. You know, there's a bunch of people out there looking for job opportunities and not just this year because of what happened in the beginning of this year, but like we never really caught out of the 2014, 2015. Thing, right, right. right. It, was, it was kind of, it was just beginning to look better. But I think, so I think there's people out there looking for jobs now, but they're also, I think a lot of people are thinking about I have a job right now, but what does this industry look like for me in the future? How is it changing? I mean, I recently, I mentioned this in our little pregame show that I recently had somebody contact me who's a geophysicist and said, he's looking for guidance on how to get into cloud computing, right? So that Mm -hmm. tells you something about what's on people's minds. Also, I have another episode coming up soon with Marty Bent from the Bitcoin world. And he's talking about how that's going to revolutionize and create new types of jobs in oil and gas. So I think let's talk today about like what does it look like now and what kind of advice do you have for people there? How's it changing? And you know maybe how do people adapt to what's going on? So that's a, that's a whole bunch, but let's start yeah. we'll start, at the, start, at the, start. at the beginning. I mean, you're out there on the front lines right now. Mm-hmm. What, what do you see happening in the market?
2: Yeah, no, you bring up some really interesting points and some valid points that You know, I think the the short answer to a lot of that is we have to learn as an industry, we have have to learn to be a bit more flexible than maybe we were in the past with what we're willing to do and willing to learn. You know, for instance, to your point about the the geophysicist looking to get into cloud computing you know, potentially that wasn't on that person's mind five or 10 years no, ago, right. kind of where the industry's going now. It's a good idea to be open-minded. The days of doing one particular job for 40 years yeah. and then going and getting your points or whatever your, your pension right. plan looks like and, and, and walking off to the sunset isn't necessarily as prominent of a you know potential ending to the career these days. So I think staying flexible, being willing to try new things is going to be ever more important. And, you know, let, let's be, you know, Taking a bad situation that we're in with the pandemic, one of the positives that it's had is it's absolutely accelerated a lot of areas of technology. Right. And the adoption of technology. For years and years, the oil and gas industry has been stuck with the stigmatism of, yeah, that's great technology. We'll get to that in a decade or so. Yeah. yeah, yeah, It's just
0: not something that we're willing to take to put our neck out. By the the way, I'm on a personal campaign to reverse that that (laughs) perception, but. but I understand. yeah, Yeah. But you're right. That is how kind of it was viewed. And also, you bring up a good point about being flexible and kind of accepting ideas from the outside. I mean, we see this in the industry today, not just as it relates to jobs, but, you know, a few years ago, people weren't typically interested in how other industries were solving similar problems, right? And Mm -hmm. I mean, I know that from going in, to, you know, be working for consulting firms or software companies and you go in and it wasn't seen as particularly valuable if you could tell a story from another industry and you thought it'd be relevant to them, right? right and right. that attitude is changing a lot and you see, like, more interest in in learning from other industries, bringing in the expertise from other places and so this thing about and we need to be flexible and think about new ways of doing things. It's not something that was really in the DNA of a lot of people for a long time. That's so true. Yeah, and I've got a... You know, a, t- a ton of personal stories that that relate to that that exact topic. One, one <laughs> and it, yeah, so any that we can you know say on uh, you know, <laughs> it is a family show, <laughs> right? So so we got to yeah. keep it decent.
2: Well, I guess one in particular to kind of go back to the cloud computing. I recall having a conversation with the manager, a senior level manager at a super major, and the topic was cloud computing was becoming more and more common with a lot of different organizations. And so I asked him if this was something that his organization was considering. And his answer was, he thought that it was a reasonable idea, but executive leadership, well, it's not secure enough. And his argument to that was, he appreciated data management and how important it was to keep it secure. But he said, If somebody wants to come and steal our data and figure out how to use it and give it back to us that'd be fantastic (laughs) (laughs)
0: that's a whole lot we have several episodes on that problem in fact there was one just recently but yeah so what you're getting at is if you'd have been if i would have been somebody on his team at that point in time if i would have taken the cue I was thinking about what new skills do I need to learn and how do I make myself more marketable and more valuable if I would have taken the cue from from him at that point that this cloud computing thing probably ain't gonna you know like I would have missed the boat on that right right right. so on the other hand there are some other things that we can look back on to say these things never really like the data warehousing thing never really took off the way people thought it would. so what do people, this is an unanswerable question, but what kind of barometer should people use when they're thinking about, I mentioned the Bitcoin thing, right? There's predictions about that coming in and taking the industry by storm. How do you advise people to navigate that?
2: Yeah, it's a good question, and it certainly is unanswerable. <laughs> i <I'd> will say unanswerable. <laughs> you know, a lot of organizations will they will actually put it in your business plan. They allow you, some people call it, they call it white space for, you know, for your particular week, you get a certain amount of time to dedicate to, okay, to personal yeah. projects and that you're interested yeah, in. Yeah, that, that are, is
0: kind of a new trend, right? Yeah, that people are doing. things yeah.
2: that are relevant to the business. And so, you know, there's an opportunity there to potentially run a proof of concept and, you know, just to see if you can get something to work that might be uh, valuable to the organization. So that's certainly... It's kind of a litmus to test
0: to say, right, is, is yeah. it worth me spending my time learning how to do this? Yeah, absolutely. So you know that, that that's that's certainly an avenue to take. Yeah,, yeah that's good. <laughs> kind of pulled that one out of out of nowhere. So let's like focus on like right now you're out there working, you know you're you're kind of in the gap between people who are employers and people who are looking for jobs. If I'm one of those people out there, let's say on both sides of that equation, whether I'm an employer, and sure, there's a lot of people available today. But like figuring out which ones are the good ones and all that is is always a challenge. Mm -hmm. And or if I'm a person looking for a job, like how are you advising people on what they ought to do? Like just apply to as many LinkedIn posts as I possibly can. Absolutely
2: not. Not not that one.
0: Okay. (laughs) So not
2: that LinkedIn's not a super valuable platform and should should be leveraged by all. It's certainly the most popular these days for employers and uh, potential employees. My experience with that, and that speaking with clients that I currently have, and you know other potential clients is you go and you post a job on LinkedIn, and the next thing you know you have three hundred applicants right that's a full time job just going through, and a lot of times they're you know they're the resumes of very smart people, but these people just want to get the resume in front of you, and it's it just takes time. That's a full time job for somebody. So there's else. another
0: there's another theory about that too, which is on the flip side, which I've heard people say, which is people are starting to suspect that when a company posts a job on LinkedIn, they know they're going to get 300 resumes or 3,000 resumes, but they don't care because really they already know who they want to hire, and they're just posting the job to to comply with certain I've requirements. Heard, right? I've heard that theory. You yeah. know, so <laughs> so that may not be may not be (laughs) yeah well you know there's a couple of
2: avenues that that, that I I certainly recommend to uh, people that are looking for jobs one of them is if you find an opportunity on LinkedIn not a bad idea to go ahead and apply to it but do a little bit of legwork Find the individuals, and then the organizations. See if you can connect with those people and try to have conversations at that level. Just because, again, a lot of times you're you're stacked behind numerous resumes that you know your, yeah, your yeah. chances are pretty low. So right. increase your chances and just do a little more. Or what paperwork.
0: about like trying to find somebody that you know at that company to refer you for that? Absolutely, position, yeah. Right? Networking, networking's our friend. Find somebody that's in a similar role or somebody that you that you've met in the past. And because um, most companies have an internal like a referral system, of right? Course. All you need to do is get somebody, get a friend who works for that company to to Put you in that way, and then usually, like I think, that gets you to the top of the yeah, pretty stack, quickly, right? Yeah,
2: pretty quickly. Yeah, that, that's a, that's a fantastic way to go about it. You know, kind of going back a little bit to you know, what does the landscape look like right now, and you know, what am I advising candidates and clients and so forth? And, and certainly, there are quite a few outstanding candidates that are on the street right now. People that that should not be on the street for that matter. Is you know so. You know, for them, it's again, let's be flexible. You know, let's consider things that might be out of our comfort zone that we can get our hands on that you likely know more about than you give yourself credit for. Sure. And then two, from a client standpoint, it's and I've had a lot of success or 45 groups had a lot of success with individuals that have IT projects underway, but they're hesitant to invest in bringing somebody on full time. And so it's, hey, well, if you have a deliverable or you, you have a piece of a project that needs to be completed, there's a lot of people that have you know, traditionally worked full-time roles only. They're open to doing the contract work right, right now, right. and it exposes them to a new organization, gives them the opportunity to work with you. and you know worst case scenario you get somebody to help you get get across the finish line best case scenario you find somebody that you might potentially want to hire full time yeah
0: so it's a little bit it's a it's a different philosophy from the traditional contractor idea which is that you know you we have a certain number of you know fte's and we have a certain number of contractors and and that those contracting jobs just sort of go on and on until somebody decides they're not you're talking about kind of like coming in with a particular for a particular period of time to deliver something that's got, so as an employer, I'm not signing, I'm not adding contractor heads to my team. I'm just leveraging people at particular points in time to get me over a particular hurdle or whatever. Absolutely. So there's not a, you know, so it's a pay-as-you-go sort of. It's a
2: pay-as-you-go and it's predictable. And it's predictable.
0: And for the candidates, it's kind of like an audition. It's like a paid audition, right? So you shouldn't shouldn't shy away from that just because it's not, because what else are you doing? What else are you doing? Right. right? Yeah. Yeah.
2: No, you're exactly right because there's only so much job searching you can do. Right, uh, as a, right. As a candidate. And so if you can get out and actually do some real. You can only sit there hitting
0: work. refresh on your inbox <laughs> so many times. And looking at your phone to day. If you potentially missed a call. Right. You can yeah. only do that so often. It used but, to be uh, back. I almost said, I almost showed a little bit of age. I almost said hit F5. Remember it used to be. That's right. I, refresh. I have sure. to refresh the pace. Right. So yeah, sure, uh, yeah. it might still be that. I don't know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, but I think you can just say it now.
0: Yeah. So what about. So, but you got into a, we're getting into a, an aspect. Of, yeah. Please refresh my page. So for employers who are also like, I've talked with some people recently who have said, I think I need like we're going through our annual you know operational planning and we're trying to figure out headcount and we're not sure if we should commit to these. Like I, I think I want to expand over here, but I don't know. And I'm only, they're only giving me a certain amount. Of, like, is there some new flexible thinking on the half on behalf of employers? that they could maybe leverage these same sorts of circumstances better.
2: Yeah. Well a lot of people are a lot more open to having that conversation now. Right. It's something that we certainly push as an organization is what are you looking at to do the next 12 months as right. you're planning your budgets, as, as you're planning your headcount? What do you need to get across the finish line and what does that look like? If you can find some predictability with a partner to come in and help you find those individuals, then you're just setting yourself up for a fewer headaches, potentially, Yeah, likely. And so, yeah, those conversations are happening and a lot of employers tend to be a lot more open these are they? days. To yeah, because
0: yeah. the first thing I'm imagining is somebody sort of at the, kind of at the line level who says, I love that idea, but corporate won't let me or like the, you know, corporate will never go for it. Like, are, mm-hmm. are you seeing where, or what is it conceivable that companies, even at the corporate level are starting to be more flexible and thinking of new, of new things?
2: Absolutely. What we're seeing and you know, one of them, you and I touched on this in an earlier conversation is just the remote work. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, that's right. something that, specifically in oil and gas, it was kind of shunned, if you will, to do things, you know, especially from an IT perspective, to do it remote because it wasn't perceived to be secure you know, having this pandemic, it's really pushed forward the agenda of having this sort of uh, engagement with employees. And I think it opens up an enormous amount of talent and talent that a lot of organizations didn't have access to because they're finding individuals. And it's just as secure as if they're, you know, sitting next to each other in a, in a big office
0: building in the energy corridor. And yeah, you're so, right. I mean, it, it kind of forced us to push. It. It I mean, I remember, and you and I have a shared experience with a particular company that wanted to have some people working in a different location and they, more or less had to like put a spool of cable in the back of a truck and <laughs> drive it down the road <laughs> and connect the two ex- buildings, right? That's exactly so, right. Yeah. <laughs> it was just just almost that. So I wonder does this give so if I'm an employer and I'm thinking, well, I like this idea. I like, like we've we've been forced to into this kind of enabling remote work it's turning out okay right Mm -hmm. we're not we're not any more or less compromised than we were before that's a whole nother that's a security podcast discussion but but so and what that means is they could potentially like hire people in other regions right so you could be but but what about the fear of yeah but what if this whole remote working thing doesn't stick and then i'm stuck with these people working for me in all these far-flung places and now what do i do right is that how do you how do you mitigate that risk
2: things happen um, <laughs> yeah you wouldn't just go and, and I gather, wouldn't just go and let everybody go if that's kind of a decision that was made at, a, at an executive level it'd be certainly something that you would kind of yeah. you know do in stages and bring people right. in we you know we've done that for decades and decades with larger organizations that have either moved headquarters or shifted what their are okay sure so it's is. not a new it's not a new problem it's not new point. it's yeah. just you know it's a bit unique to each organization right. but you know I think the greater of the two concerns here is not necessarily a concern but I think the greater of the the, the two options here is just having access and being willing and open to using talent from all over the world.
0: Right, right. And you can, and we have the, there's so much technology available now.
2: So much technology available right now when having meetings, when, you know, live meetings, whether it be Zoom or Teams or whatever your preferred platform is, it's, you know, it it makes it uh, quite easy and and, and pretty comfortable actually.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's a good point. I kind of wonder, do you see... Do you see the hiring side? Are they starting to do that? Are they starting to open up and go, or, or should they be doing that and saying, you know what, in, You know, traditionally we would have looked for this talent regionally, but go ahead and open it up. Look anywhere. Are they, have yeah.
2: They- no, it's a great point. I'm over here smiling because it's, Talking to clients, you know, traditionally it's if I'm talking to somebody in Houston and, and you know, their office is in Houston and they ask me for somebody, I'm obviously gonna be looking for somebody in Houston to work that particular role. And here over the course of the last eight or nine months, if I'm having a difficult time or my organization is having a difficult time finding somebody, it pops in, oh well, we can look elsewhere. And yeah, so yeah. you know it's going back to oh. the client saying, no, it's okay if they live in Arkansas or California or New right. York. And or Qatar, oh, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> Canada's <laughs> fantastic. And so, yes, we are.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, so you do get into some international constraints if you're trying to hire people from certain countries and things like that. But but certainly, I mean, it used to be whenever we, whenever you broadened out the – search like that. It, it, now you're talking about relocation fees and things like that, right? So now,
2: yeah, and visas and things of that yeah. nature. You know, you bring up a good point that, you know, certainly dealt with visa and visa concerns for a really long time because the oil and gas industry is so inclusive and so diverse with so many different cultures and people from all over the world. And that it it kind of alleviates some of that pressure to actually have to have somebody yeah, sitting yeah. next to yeah. you, and they can travel and right. come and see you whenever they need to. But you know, right. As far as doing the day to day, certainly do it from their home, whether it be in India or China or right. And maybe.
0: so many, and most, and I mean, that's another nice thing about this industry is so many companies already have a presence in so many parts of the world that employing somebody in another place isn't really typically is not that yeah you
2: know, that, that problem has been solved and so it's and just people, adding another name to yeah, it yeah, and exactly. just saying it, you can stay where you are and
0: right right cool all right so let's talk about looking forward you know there's we know that the industry is transitioning in various ways and you got new business models, you know, pursuing, you know, renewables, new energy is kind of one thing that a lot of companies are doing. Other companies are just changing their business model and their strategy in various ways. So, what do you think if I'm in if I'm a tech person I'm in oil and gas right now? Well, and we all, let me throw this in too. We also see this automation and machine learning and AI coming in and that's like should I just should I really just be thinking about maybe I should like punts and go to another industry <laughs> or, or do you see like new opportunities being created that people can start to kind of adapt toward now? Yeah, no, that's a great question. It
2: takes me back to a story I had with a client back in 2008 when we were going through a bit of a downturn in the oil and gas yeah, market. I, I remember that one. Yeah yeah. 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 He looked across from me, he said, Sean, you're still young enough. Get out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I chose to not get out. But to get back to your question. So, you know, that it's an interesting time right now. You have, I'm going to bubble this up a little bit, and then I'll bring it back to what what we're talking about. If you look at organizations like Amazon, Facebook, Google, insert the name of big technology, they are absolutely gobbling up talent right now. Mm -hmm. And they're taking up talent from every industry yeah. Imaginable. Right. The money's good. The benefits are great. They're just gobbling it up. And so, you know, when I'm talking to executives and individuals at oil and gas companies, man, we got to get it together. Yeah. Like, w- we're going to have to start implementing some of this technology. We're going to have to start taking advantage and leveraging this stuff and not letting it sit for 10, 15, 20 years before right. we actually go and start implementing it because we're starting to get left with potentially moving forward some of the, you know, potentially not as qualified talent. Or the talent that maybe we, you know, if we want somebody from one of these large organizations, it's going to be super expensive to bring that over and to invest in that individual.
0: Yeah, there's been a lot of tugging back and forth on that. Another thing that is I've heard people talk about that's on their minds, you know, on the industry side is providing the and you were kind of getting at this a little bit, but providing the experience that, like the human experience mm-hmm. that people want today, yeah. right? And being able to, not just the technology for the business, but the technology for, well, back to your point about the guy who said, if they could steal our data and make sense out of it and send it back to us, <laughs> that would be great. You know, you have, and this ties into the whole crew change and all that, but you have a younger generation coming in who is like, You got to spend all day looking for this one piece of information and they're not having it, right? Because they've been like finding whatever they need in seconds, not only on the internet, but on a host of other platforms like their whole lives. They
2: don't know not having technology. Yeah, they and don't. The, the, right. the generation coming out of college right now, they they don't understand the life without technology. And so when they come into our industry and they Or a life stuff. with with technology that isn't that worth anything. It right? doesn't, right? doesn't work. It doesn't work. More <laughs> importantly, yeah. <laughs> so it yeah, there's a gap there, but you know, fortunately, a lot of this talent, they are super smart and amazingly efficient they can come in and make sense of some of this stuff and given enough rope you know they can go and you know and fix a lot of this stuff if we listen to them yeah and we take their
0: guidance and let them prove some of these things out right right no that's a good point so the future isn't particularly bleak but it's shifting and changing and, and i think the, kind of the moral of what i'm hearing is people on both sides of the hiring equation need to be flexible need to be thinking of new ways to do things new ways to you know how to adapt how to do things maybe that they wouldn't have been comfortable with in the past right?
2: absolutely i was listening to my gentleman from one of the super majors he's president of their upstream group he was given a, a talk at u of h this is probably i don't know four or four and a half years ago and the market had just turned at that time mm-hmm. and as we all know you know oil and gas is very cyclical and each downturn's a bit unique in its own way and you know each yeah, um, yeah. each acceleration in the market's a bit unique in its own way and what he what he told the group that was there listening, and it was major. It, it was mostly specifically for the students, but there were others there as well. Anyway, his point was. If you're just finishing up your undergraduate degree, you might want to think about getting a master's. Because You're, you're just just gonna have time. Yeah, you have time. <laughs> yeah. If You're just getting your master's. You might want to consider getting a PhD. Right. I and mean, if you're just finishing up your thesis, you might want to learn how to pour coffee. We're not hiring yet, <laughs> but we will be. And so, yeah. Th- it's, you know, again, yeah. it's always changing. You know, right. you know we're, we're looking at something right now in, in in our industry that I believe we'll look back and we'll be we'll be celebrating the amount of technology that a lot of the organizations have implemented and are
0: and are leveraging
2: but it's going to take a
0: little bit of time. Yeah, and you're right. We go back to the point that this is not an industry that changes rapidly. But, you know, it's not because the oil and gas business is full of a bunch of Neanderthals. It's because no. and I try to I try to hammer on this all the time with people, which is there are reasons why the industry has moved cautiously in the past, right? You're talking geology is slow too. Geology is slow. <laughs> geology is slow. You know, but I mean, what other industry do you have? On the one hand, you have something that is a commodity, but in order to produce that commodity, so it's a commodity in the commodity market and subject to all that sort of price volatility. But in order to produce it, you have some of the biggest, most complex capital outlays, you know, next to maybe like the space program and on top of that you have an enormous amount of risk and uncertainty not knowing for sure whether you're just pouring money into the ocean right yeah like you put all that together and it's like and and there and that's why people have said you know leaders in the industry have said well we're gonna kind (laughs) of ease into that because we have something that works and if we start breaking things then, mm-hmm. you know, this spirals out of control. And so, but I think to the credit, and we talk about this too, which is, you know, you would think that when it comes to digital transformation, you would think in an industry that's built entirely upon engineers <laughs> and scientists would sure. be able to like embrace <laughs> sure. digital but the complexities are, you know, insane. So I think to the credit of the industry, you got people the amount of change and adoption that you're seeing right now is really fast. And by the way, and I'm, I'm always, this is my little side soapbox that I've been on for a while now. Mm-hmm. This industry has been innovating for a really long time. There's nothing wrong with the industry. It's <laughs> yeah.
2: right. You know, yeah. It's survived for a really long time. Like innovation will is not a new concept. Right. right? It will continue yeah, yeah. to survive, continue to thrive, and it'll continue to be cyclical. And we'll continue to
0: find new ways to be profitable and do wonderful things. Right. Yeah. And And I think there's new opportunities created, you know, there used to be people that had, and and I, I have some some of these old books that I look at sometimes, like Voices from the Oil Fields, and some of the others, and you, and you read about, you know, a guy that used to be called the Cable Tool Guy, right, or, right. or whatever these like. So some of these jobs went away, but they created, but the technology and the innovation created you know created it used to be able it used to be like a wildcatter had to like look at a hill and he could tell like what was under that hill just by kind of looking at it right Mm -hmm. now and and then eventually we 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 had the ability to do seismic and that created opportunities for people to step into those things i think that continues right that doesn't stop could not agree more yeah we're just going to continue to innovate
2: and and improve on different processes and become more efficient and and just continue to move down
0: that particular path yeah yeah yeah,
2: it's an amazing industry the reason i'm in it and you're in it as well yeah yeah, exactly Um, you know that's
0: cool so i think i'm looking at the time here we're kind of getting up against that point where we don't want people to start changing the channel (laughs) (laughs) we just keep talking so we could keep talking about it but this is really good it's been a great little kind of something different to talk about i know it's it's on the minds of a lot of people who are out there not just the technology but where's where's the job market? where are the jobs
2: going yeah you know it's One of the things to keep in mind is that people are resilient, companies are not. And so, you know, unfortunately, you know, people lose jobs from time to time, but, you know, we're going to find something new and, you know, in order for these organizations to continue to hire people when things do turn up, you know, sometimes they have to make tough, tough decisions that affect a lot of us.
0: Right. But, you know, we hang in there. So. Good. So this is usually the part where I say, how do people find out more about you, about your company, what you're doing? We put all that in the show notes, so I know you're easy to find on LinkedIn.
2: Yeah, LinkedIn or or you can go to www.45group.com or you can call me at 832 866 Wow. (laughs)
0: <laughs> First person to give out a phone number on the podcast. So, well that that's actually your phone number. So is that, oh, I thought it sounded geez, I thought it sounded familiar. I was like, I know those numbers from somewhere. Okay. And then so so you're easy to get in touch with. Also I know you're active in things in the industry and the events. Maybe we'll have you come on again sometime, you know, in a couple of months and and see. We just kind of do an update on the market sure. and what's happening and as things are changing, if we can kind of give people that kind of help them with their compass but that'll do it for us today i appreciate you being here thank you for having me this has been this has been fun yeah it is fun and i'm looking outside and it's still sunny outside and there is a place next door that we could go hang out at so we might have to do that after this this is a great place too by the way it is yeah yes the fabulous canon on the west side of houston check it out if you haven't ever been here if you live in houston and you haven't ever been here also i want to just mention a couple more things thanks again to our sponsor Cognite. Our sponsors are what actually make these shows possible. They pay the bills. Cognite, if you're not familiar with them, check them out. They are doing some amazing things with industrial data. And so another one of those like new innovations that's changing the way the in- industry works. So, check out cognite.as. Also, I always have to mention the OGGN Street Team, which is led by the noble and valiant Warren Spiewak. He just told me the other day, I heard him say that 2021 is going to be the best time ever to be involved with the Street Team. So, if you want to know why, then go to the LinkedIn group and check it out, or just look for Warren on Warren Spiewak on LinkedIn and, and ask him. But he said they got great things going on, it's a great thing to get involved with. Also, you can connect with OGGN through LinkedIn. There's a group for that. And we're all on there. And there's also the still somewhat new OGGN.com website where our friends at Midnight Marketing made us all look fabulous. And you can find out about the other podcasts, the dozen or so podcasts that we have. And finally, thanks to our producer, Savannah Wilson. She actually causes these shows to get from our words in the microphone out there to your platform so you can listen to them. She's the master cat herder and also Mr. Emin Fickich, who is our audio editor and fixes these things up in an amazing way and makes them sound great. That's it for today. Going back to our history lessons, remembering that even though sometimes we look like we're a little late to the party with adopting technology, we've been innovating in this industry for a long time. And so when your friends give you a hard time, just remember to tell them that we were tech before tech was cool. And here are the events on deck.
1: Hey, everybody. It's Savannah from OGGN, and here are the events on deck for February 2021. This month, we only have three events, but if you'd like the full list, you can click the link in the show notes to sign up for our events newsletter. We send it out every month, and it includes more info about the events I talk about here. We even include events that occur two months ahead of time, so if you're interested in always staying in the loop about oil and gas events, make sure to check that out. First up, we have our two in-person events. The TAMU SPE Sporting Clays Tournament at Tonkaway Ranch in College Station on the 19th and the Thrive Energy Conference at Minute Maid Park from the 24th to the 26th. The only online event we have this month is the TAMU SPE Executive Series with our very own Mark LaCour of Oil & Gas This Week on the 26th. Other than these events, OGGN may be hosting some more live streams this month, so make sure to check out our Facebook, LinkedIn, or our website for more information about any of the live streams we have coming up. If you have any questions about the events or any of our shows, make sure to reach out to me through my email in the show notes. That's all for February. I hope you guys have a great month and thanks for tuning in. Check us out next week for another entertaining and yet useful episode of Oil & Gas Tech Podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.